Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 22-year-old Morgan Skinner. Morgan has a story that a lot of hockey players will relate to, and I know that I personally did myself. She talks a lot about concussions, anxiety, and the overall stressors that come alongside being a highly competitive athlete. Her story is one that is not taken lightly, but she's here today to speak up and show her strength and hopefully speak on behalf of a lot of hockey players that are standing in silence. Hope everyone enjoys her story as she has one that is definitely worth hearing. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They've recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Morgan Skinner's story and just remember that everyone has a story. Hi, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me? Yep, I can. I can hear you. Okay, sweet. Yes. Thank you so much for one, reaching out to me and two, (laughs) acting and being so basically so versatile to when you could, when we could actually talk and do this and film the podcast. It's, it's awesome. And I just appreciate it a lot. So thank you. Oh, no problem. I mean, I obviously like wanted to come on, but I understand you're probably so busy and I, I know it doesn't, or like filming and probably like editing and all the stuff for a podcast doesn't come overly easily. So I appreciate all the work you probably put into it and like making time out of your day and your schedule to have people come on. Um, so thank you for making it work. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, it's what I love to do and I love having these conversations I always learn a lot from them and more so I relate to basically every story and I know that you have a story that I personally relate to a lot and I'm sure yeah. a lot of will um, did you want to just kind of jump right in and start from day one? Oh my, yeah I guess so wow um, it's kind of crazy like I have like told bits and pieces um, of my story like here and there because obviously like with mental health it's not just like one event or one like it's ongoing like it's gonna affect you and come and go and some like periods of time will be better and some will be worse um so yeah it's crazy I've never really like gone into it from like start to finish because yeah there's just obviously like little pieces where I'm like oh my mental health was better here and like it was okay here and like this was a good period and this was a really bad period um but yeah I think it like I definitely like I've never technically been diagnosed with anxiety or depression um I mean I've definitely come to like my doctor with concerns about it and I think he even gave me like a little test but that was like probably in grade like 11 or 12 so this is like 2015 2016 and I think even then like mental health wasn't talked about that much and I know like growing up in the sporting world it was just not talked about um and I remember like so I started playing hockey when I was seven I think so grade two I started um and I remember I would get so 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 anxious 
and nervous before games. Like I couldn't eat. Um, my routine turned into having um, before games, having like one of those boosts, like the little like <laughs> things that older people drink to keep their nutrient levels up. Um, so that turned into like my pregame meal was like a boost because like I couldn't eat because um, I was so nervous and so anxious and it was kind of funny. Um, and I think I just like chalked it up to be it being like a superstitious thing because like I think I tried it once and like played well. So I was like, oh, like I'll keep doing this. Um, and I was always like so, so anxious. Like I couldn't eat. Um, like I remember I went through a period of time where like I'd get stomach pain, like really bad stomach pains, like after games when I was like, like Adam Peewee. Um, and then like, I never really knew what it was, but then I realized I was like, oh, it's cause I haven't eaten for like eight hours. And I just played like a full hockey game, but, um, yeah, never, nothing ever really came of it. Um, and then I guess when I really started to notice something was off was probably like grade 10 or grade 11 um, because I moved away from home to go like I'm from Victoria um, and I went to the Okanagan Hockey Academy in Penticton um, for two years my grade 10 and 11 year um, so I moved away from home and I was kind of always like the end goal for me with hockey was like get a scholarship to the States and like play on the national team and like go to the Olympics. So it's kind of always the goal. Um, it's funny. I just like, I moved this past year. And so I was like going through a bunch of like old stuff. And I found this little like booklet that I'd made in like grade five of like about me and like little like dreams and aspirations I had. And literally like as a 10 year old, I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. Like that was, that was the end all be all. I was like, I'm going to the Olympics. Um, and like, so my mom is, was a professional curler. And so she went to the Olympics. So it was always kind of like, it was never said obviously, but in my head, I was like, oh, my mom went to the Olympics. Like I have to go to the Olympics. Um, that was kind of always what it was. And like for female hockey, kind of like the end all be all like, obviously like there's no NHL, there's no like professional really. It's like you make the national team and you go and get like a four out scholarship to Div one school in the states like that's kind of it so it's always like in my head I was like I know I'm going to the states for school like it's like Canada was never an option really for me um like obviously it's an option but in my head I was like no like the best go to the states like I'm going to the states it's happening and that was like I knew that as like a 10 year old which is like insane mm -hmm. to like like plan that far ahead you know and I was just like so dead set on that um and then yeah so I moved away in grade 10 it was like definitely a bit of a change like when you're 15 and like not living at home anymore um and I was really lucky that I have um I had a fairly good friend who lives in Penticton so like I went and lived with her and her family um and she also her name's Alyssa um she also played on the team so that was really lucky that I wasn't just like with a random family that I kind of knew them Mm -hmm. um and then grade 10 I had a pretty good year I was just like super stoked to be like I don't know like OHA was like this big shiny thing you know um so I was just like stoked to be there like as a grade 10 like first year midget um and like I had a really good year um oh okay also grade 10 it's funny like the events are so it's hard like I couldn't tell you what year it was I can tell you like by grade but it's so yeah it's funny like I've just blacked out so many parts of it it's of high school it's funny um but so I grade 10 I guess at the end of grade nine I would have so I got invited to like team BC for girls starts at U18 like U16 is just like your regional stuff so like team island team Okanagan team lower mainland whatever and then U18 is when we do team BC 
-hmm. So I remember I got invited as an underage um, to come try out when I would have been like, yeah, ending my grade nine year. Um, like, oh, I would have been 15, I guess, going to try out for the U18 team. And I, like, I was obviously just like pumped to be invited like as an underage, cause like that in itself was kind of like a bit of an honor. And then I ended up making the team like as an underage goalie. So as everyone was like, whoa, like, so I kind of came into OHA with like being like, okay, like I'm good. (laughs) Um, And then, and then nationals happened in November. And like, I'd never really played in front of a big crowd. Not that there was a really big crowd there. Like it was in the middle of nowhere, Ontario, I think. Um, And there wasn't like a crowd, but like, the people that were there were all like college scouts with clipboards and like national team scouts with clipboards. Like you look around and it's basically like an empty rink <laughs> or maybe this is Calgary besides the point, but it's basically like a nice empty rink. But then with the, just like a bunch of dudes in like their black, like team, like whatever jackets and clipboards. And you're just like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, sorry for swear. I might, I might swear oh, every now and again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so it's like terrifying and being like, I guess I would have been 15 or 16 at the time. And I was just like, Holy crap. Like, and I'm like, I had just come, like I played boys hockey, like just rep in Victoria for my whole life. And then I had just switched over to girls hockey and just like, was so like, had never played against, like I'd played against good guys. But I'd never played against like good girls. Mm-hmm. And it's, different definitely um I'm just like oh my god like I'm playing against the best like girls in the country like I was just like holy crap and so I think that and I definitely kind of like crapped the bed a little bit um I think I only played one game and it was against like and like that year our team was like pretty stacked and so we were like projected to do really well and then I played one game against like team Atlantic which is like kind of like the shitty team (laughs) and um so we're like oh yeah like we're fine we're gonna win let's put the little like grade 10 goalie in like we'll be fine um yeah I like it was it was so like I think we lost like 2-1 or something and it was just like it was awful and like I got pulled I actually um, I don't know I think I got pulled maybe I don't remember um (laughs) There's a lot of tournaments. Um, I think I maybe got pulled and then just like beat myself up over that. And I remember like, it's crazy. Like if I think back to like my negative, like self-talk during like moments when I like, I didn't play well or if I got pulled, like the feeling of being a goalie and getting pulled, like, oh, it sucks, it sucks. And like, especially when it's just like on like at nationals, you're like, wow, like I am a piece of garbage. Um, and like, obviously, like I just in that moment, like hockey was just like the end all be all. It was everything. Like, I didn't really give a crap if I was like a good person or like nothing mattered. And I was just so like in this world of hockey. And it's crazy, like when you're in it, that like you, you can't really see like outside of it. And like, it seems like nothing matters other than that. And like your self-worth is so tied into how you perform as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's just so unhealthy. And I really started to like realize it, um, I guess maybe not quite in that moment, um, but definitely like a few years later, I was just like, oh my goodness. Like I thought that I was like an undeserving, unworthy human being and didn't deserve to live if I played like crap. Just cause like, that's like the message you get growing up. Like you play really, really good or like you get really good grades and you get praise and your teacher's like, you're awesome. And your parents like, you're awesome. 
and you play well in your soccer game and you score three goals and your parents are like you're awesome but like if you're just like get C's I mean obviously every situation is different every parent's different but that's kind of like the general idea especially like in sports is you get so much praise when you do well and not really that much when you don't do well and so then you just like create this like narrative in your head you're like oh if I like play bad like I'm unworthy and if I play good like everyone likes me and like I if I want to be liked I have to be like a really good hockey player and that was like kind of the narrative that I started to follow and that like I didn't really see myself as worthy in any other aspects other than hockey um so obviously that starts to take a toll on you um for sure so yeah that was grade 10 um but the rest of the season went all right um grade 11 was definitely super stressful because I think it's like the summer after grade 10 like um NCAA can start like calling you because like there's all these weird rules on like um eligibility and like when they can start calling you and emailing you like so you need to like have a decide on your future by the time you're like 16 (laughs) and like that like that's insane and um so I remember like going into grade 11 there's so much pressure um like to do well on team bc again because i've made it for like the next so i was on it for three years and like obviously like every year i was like oh like i'm a vet like i like i need to be the starting goalie like i need to do well and that didn't happen um i remember well grade like my grade 11 year i guess we had um canada winter games we were host bc was hosting it so it was up in prince george and like there's all this hype around like obviously being like the host province and stuff and us doing well but when it's like Canada games year instead of nationals like obviously it's every province for themselves whereas normally for like girls like all the um eastern four like smaller provinces will group into one and then they'll split Ontario into two because Ontario's sick um but for this one <laughs> every province for themselves there's just like one team Ontario and it's just like every player like is on the national team, like just straight up. They're, they're so good. They win every year. Um, and I don't think we ended up playing them, but Quebec was really good too. And I remember the first game like of the tournament, we played Quebec and they're really good. And like, it was on TV, like my friends and family were watching, like we got to, like, it was seven one, like it was like, it was so bad. <laughs> I was just like, are you like, oh, uh, like it's so hard. And like, obviously like, I was like, the shots are like 70 to 10. Like, obviously we're not going to win this one, but like as a goalie, you're like, it's all my fault. Um, so yeah, that, that was not a great, actually, yes, that would have been in like normally nationals are in November, but that was in February. Yeah. And that year was just not, it wasn't a good year. Like I had my, one of my best friend's dad passed away earlier in the year, like in September um, from cancer. So I think that kind of really set not a good start for the year because I felt so bad like she was one of my best friends and she was back home in Victoria um and I like wasn't there I felt so crappy like not being able to be there for her um and I ended up I flew home just for the weekend to go to the funeral um and that just I was just like frick like I'm not there for her and it definitely took a toll on me um and then yeah that was also the year like I needed to commit to university so like I was trying to like book in to go see places um on my off weekends and it was just it was hectic I ended up getting my first concussion that December um so like for basically like for a few weeks I was out and then like literally the day I got cleared to come back in January I got um bronchitis the next day 
Jeez. which I was, I had like a puffer for like months. So like I was at the Canada gate winter games and had a freaking puffer with me. Cause I would like, I, and it was so, and like my, we also, our coaches switched that year in grade 11 and we had, we had such awesome coaches in grade 10. I love them. They love me. It was awesome. Um, grade 11, we got a new coach and he, mm, mm, not a good dude, not a good dude. Um, he, yeah, I basically, yeah, had bronchitis and like had to take a week off because I was just like violently ill like would just cough 24 7 it was so like the probably the sickest I've ever been um and I had to come back so he was like oh well like you're fine right like you can come back and I was like uh like I, I, I guess so um and I like I'd go and practice but I'd literally just like cough so hard to the point like I'd throw up like mid-practice and I was just like this like I don't want to be here like this is this is horrendous I don't want to be here um, I ended up committing to um, the school called Lindenwood um, over kind of like around Christmas break, I guess, of that year. Um, and I was like, it was a newer school at the time, like it was new to Div 1. So it was only been around for like a few years. So and like in my head, I always wanted to go to like a top 10 school. Um, and it ended up kind of being between Lindenwood and UConn and I'd gone to visit UConn and like they liked me but wanted to see me play more and it was just like ah and then Lindenwood like when they found that I went to go visit UConn they're like okay we're gonna put in an offer and it was just like I didn't want to it was just so stressful being like I don't know if I should wait out for UConn to make an offer or if I wait too long then maybe Lindenwood's gonna like retract theirs and so stressful I ended up just committing to Lindenwood which like you're like oh yeah sick like full ride scholarship to the states like that's awesome but in my head I was just like this isn't good enough like I was like pissed I wasn't even like happy about it I was just like meh like whatever not good enough um and then yeah my coach after like this is probably when I still like had bronchitis he was just he like sat me down and he's like you need to like just because you committed to school like doesn't mean you could come to the rink and just like show up um and not try and like it's not it's like you don't even want to be here and I'm like yeah I like I didn't say this in the time so I was terrified of him but in my head I'm like yeah no shit I don't want to be here like I'm so sick um like I'm not doing well mentally and like no one like knew that and him just like sitting me down literally telling me I wasn't gonna go anywhere in hockey if I kept up like being this way like he didn't once ask like hey how are you what's up like what's going on you'd think that that would be like the normal response of a coach when they see like their athlete like struggling or like mentally kind of checking out you would think that a decent human would just be like hey what's up what's going on how are you doing but like he didn't even ask me he just like reprimanded me for like not wanting to be there and I was like yeah I don't want to be here like I'm anxious I'm depressed like I don't want to be here you're not wrong but made me feel like crap about it um and then yeah that's kind of grade 11 and then that I guess grade 12 I came home because I he I hated him um I didn't want to be there anymore so I came home played like on a team in the same league um but lived in Victoria but like went to Vancouver every weekend of my grade 12 year <laughs> to play on a team there so my show my social life was great um <laughs> it was non-existent it was so bad um but yeah I just like poured everything into hockey and into training and so like I yeah I just I barely had any friends and I was like at the point where like I was so tired all the time and I didn't know why I was like what's wrong with me like I was so tired um had like pretty bad like social anxiety like I felt like no one ever like if I'd go out and like hang out with friends I felt like no one like wanted me there 
Um, and so I just like, and I would just like get into these like moods where I'd just like check out and I'd like physically be there, but mentally I'd just be like in space being like, just being like, wow, like it wants me there. Like, why am I even here? Like, this is stupid. Like no one's even talking to me. Um, I think that definitely like put a bit of a strain on like my social life as well as being gone every weekend. Um, I was like super tired, super kind of like stressed out all the time. I was at the point where I was literally drinking five cups of coffee a day. Jeez. just to like I know just to like keep me going like I'd wake up have a cup of coffee go to school because like I had um I only took five classes in grade 12 so, like I had three spares yeah. so like I and like the way my schedule worked is like I'd have a class then I'd have a spare then I'd have a class and then I'd have a spare so like on and off all day so I'd usually like I like I drove to school and lived like fairly close so, like I'd have a cup of co- coffee in the morning go to school come home for like my like spare and like lunch have another cup of coffee go back to school for the afternoon, come home, have a cup of coffee, go to the gym, work out, come home, have dinner, have a cup of coffee, go skate. <laughs> um, and like, like, that's so, that's so bad. It was so bad. And like, even like then I remember like, there's a few times like when I'd just be so done, like I would like text. Um, Cause yeah, like my team practices were on the weekend, like as a goalie. So like I skated with my goalie coach a few weeks uh, or a few nights a week in Victoria and like, I literally have to like text him sometimes like day of, cause I'd get just like so anxious that I like couldn't go to the rink. And I would just like be like, my body would just shut down and I'd just like fall asleep on the couch or something at like 6 PM. Cause my body was just like, nope. And like, I'd have to tell my mom, like, Hey, like, can you text my coach? Like, I can't, like, I can't go skate tonight. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just became like, I started to like dread hockey a little bit. And I know like for a lot of people that like sports, or like a really good release and a really good escape but for me like sometimes it was if I was playing well like yeah but if I was kind of in like a rut then it just like exacerbated everything kind of and like especially I think obviously in a lot of sports you have to be very mentally like there and on and like just how you see yourself and like your level of confidence like directly will affect how you play and like especially as a goalie like you need to come in with the mindset of like no one's gonna score on me like I'm the best like you need to be so like (laughs) confident in yourself to be a good goalie and I just yeah my self-confidence just like was slowly just like going downhill like um I was constantly like I'm not in shape enough like I'm not skinny enough like because like we'd freaking run the beep test every two months and like at OHA like we'd run the beep test with like all the guys teams watching and it's just like I was like this like this is the worst thing ever this is the worst like I don't like the like and just like you're getting weighed in and like people are watching you and you're like this is not this is not ideal for like anyone to be like especially like a teenage girl to be going through um and yeah so I just slowly things are getting worse but I didn't like know how to get out of it you know like I was like my parents had spent so much time and money and like I can't like I didn't see a way out of it um and so I went to university um it was good everything was going like pretty well I guess like I had I only I mean I only played like five games probably I think it was just under five um my first semester um but still like it was just so like stressful like we we would literally practice for three hours a day like it was brutal um and like I took six classes my first semester like I didn't have time like it was it was insane um and 
I was just like, this is stupid. And you're just like in that mindset of like, you're like, just got to make it through today. Just got to make it through this week. And then that just like continues. And I was just like living for these little moments of like being able to go home or like having a weekend off. And like, I was so just not present. I was just like going through the motions, um, which is so not a healthy way to live. Um, and I kind of always wished like in the back of my mind that I would get hurt um, just like as an escape or like a way out of it. Um, I always secretly wish that I would like get hurt, but it never really like happened um, until <laughs> like, I guess it would have been um, January of 2017. So like, I was still a freshman. Um, it was like beginning, middle of January, maybe. And I got hit with a puck in the head in goalie ice of all things. Um, and it just like, it like kind of rung me a bit. Um, but like, I don't know, like I got hit in the head several times a day, like it was nothing new. Um, so I remember getting hit. Um, and like, it was fine. Like I, like I was like in the middle of a set. So like I finished out like the remaining five reps or whatever. And then I came out and like, they checked, they're like, Oh, you good Morgan? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, let's keep going. Um, and then like, I, we switched out and the other, like one of the other goalies was like, are you okay? And I just started bawling, like uncontrollable crying. And I was like, Oh, like what? And I had to like, I like had to take a laugh. I was like, I can't talk. Like I need to take a laugh. And like in my head, I was like, Oh, like, I don't know, maybe I'm hungry. Like maybe I'm tired, like just stressed out. Like I didn't really think anything too much of it. Um, and then I kept practicing and like, I remember we had music on like in the rink that day, like as we were practicing and like the lights were bothering me so much and the music was so loud. And I remember like getting so mad, like in practice, like if anyone like came near me, like in any drills, like I was slashing them and like, I was so, and like, I was like, yeah, I was like swearing at people. I was like, oh, fuck off. And like, all like in practice, like that's so like, not me. Like I'm very, usually very like level-headed and like, don't get like, mad or angry really that often um especially like in practice with my own teammates and I was like slashing them and I, like I was like what and I was just like a, an emotional roller coaster I was like what is going on I kind of felt like I was just like in a daze and so we were probably practicing for like an hour and then like and like and then at like one like water break I went to my trainer I was like I like I don't think I'm okay like I don't she's like yeah I know and I was like what do you mean you know you've been letting me practice for an hour knowing that I have a concussion like what you've just been watching me like hope she doesn't get hit in the head again like what? <laughs> um so like that's great that's great care um and so she like asked me a few questions I start uncontrollably bawling again because my like my brain is um messed up and uh yeah so she's like yeah well yeah like she's like pretty yeah you got a concussion like go get unchanged um I was like frick and like it seemed pretty routine like at first um like I didn't pass out I didn't throw up I remembered the whole thing um it was just kind of like feeling like a bit out of it and a headache and just like some sensitivity um so yeah they're like okay yeah go get changed go hang out in the dressing room um, like go home tonight, like go rest, stay in dark rooms, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, we'll check in with you tomorrow or the day after. Um, and so like, I did that. I was, I think it was on like a Wednesday or Thursday or something. So like, obviously I wasn't able to play that weekend. I kind of just like took the weekend to hang out. It's late in my dorm room, um, in the dark. And then I don't know, I'm, I like to do well in school and like, I like to be present and I didn't, didn't want anyone. To, I'm like, it's so hard with concussions. Cause like, you can't, like, you can't physically see anything wrong with you. Right. So if I'm like, oh yeah, 
my head really, really hurts. Like no one would have any idea, you know, like I could be like, like I wasn't, but like, and no one knows, like there's no way to like prove it. And I guess like the same thing goes for mental health. Like no one knows what's going on inside your head. And I didn't feel like comfortable enough with like standing up for myself because I was scared. So like I tried to go to class like the next week and I literally would, I got, I was in like stats and chemistry at the time. And so like a few others, I remember like I went to my first class back, like it was like five days after. And I tried to like sit through my stats like lecture and like I literally couldn't stand up after because I was so dizzy and I was like I like I can't I can't there's so many numbers like I can't same thing with like my chem class like the next day I was like oh gosh um I can't but like it was like the start of a new semester and like there's all this pressure to like do well in school and like obviously like with NCAA you have to do well in your classes to like maintain eligibility and maintain your scholarships and all this stuff. So basically I didn't really start to get better. And everyone was like, oh yeah, like you'll be better in a few weeks. You'll be be better before this weekend. You'll be better by next week. You'll be better by next week. And it just like kept going and like nothing was changing. And so I was like, like what, like, and I wasn't allowed to do anything. So it was just, I don't even know what I did. Like there's a lot of just hanging out in my dorm room alone or like I'd go for walks while my team was practicing. Um, and it was like terrifying, I guess. And I kind of made jokes. I was like, haha, like what if like the last, cause like the last game I'd played was before, right before Christmas break. And it was like my first win, um, which is honestly a really good like game to <laughs> be my last um, good way to end it. Um, but like at the time I remember like making jokes I was like oh yeah ha, like what if the North Dakota game was like my last game ever like haha like and then it happened um, and so yeah I just like time went on um, nothing really got better but like I had to I had to go and finish like all my classes like I couldn't so it was like it was such a grind like I was taking stats and chem and like a few others right and it was such a grind to like with a concussion to like try and finish all like my schooling but like I like I had to because they're like oh yeah you're gonna be better by next semester like gotta stay eligible like have to like meet your certain like GPA and like take x amount of classes um and like they never sent me to see a specialist they never sent me to get an MRI or a CAT scan it was just like I saw the freaking like my athletic trainer every day to fill in my symptom sheet and like I every like second week I'd see um like just the normal like sports doctor like GP that came in and saw like the slightly more injured athletes I'd see them like every second week and not really anything new like ended up they ended up putting me like on a medication I think kind of near the end of the school year just to like help with pain and like I'm having a lot of mood swings like that was a big thing for me because like well, yeah concussion symptoms and then like intertwined with like mental health problems is not not a good combination because they just like feed off of each other um so yeah that's when like, I first went on medication was because like my mood was all over the place and like I'd get like a little bit stressed out and I just start like crying and I just like couldn't control my mood um I basically went home for summer with like the expectation like my coaches wanted me to get there like they basically like expected me to get better over summer somehow magically I was like it's been four months already I don't know how they're like not, it's not like someone's gonna just like magically find a cure for me and I'm gonna be fine like mm-hmm. no one really knew what was wrong with me they're like I'd be like oh yeah like I'm still having really bad headaches like I have a headache every day and they're like oh that's weird and like keep going and I'm like are, are we not gonna are we not gonna address this um like that's not I don't know about you but like I don't think that's normal and so like no one really ever like did anything about it they're like oh yeah just like 
keep like slowly get back into exercising slowly get back into stuff and it should like go away like it didn't and um so I kind of like August rolled around and I was like I'm supposed to go back in like a few weeks and like my head's not better like I'd started skating again and stuff like a few times I started working out but I kind of went like crazy into it because I was like I haven't been allowed to be physically active in four months so I think I went like a little bit too hard back into it um and then so I'd like pull back a little bit and then yeah like August rolled around I was like I'm supposed to go back in like a few months and like I'm not like I've skated three times this summer like I've worked out for like two weeks like I'm like my head still like the biggest thing for me was headaches um and just like not feeling mentally like like myself I didn't feel like myself for a really long time um and then yeah just all the whirlwind of being like I don't know if I'm gonna be like first of all like having a concussion and being scared for my brain because I was like this isn't me like I don't know what's going on like I'm in pain all the time and then also like not being able to like return to hockey and like go back to school because like that was in my head for so long that's the plan it's like you go to school um you finish your degree there you come home like maybe like play on the national team but that was just like always like the plan like there was no other it was always like you go to states you go to school and I'm like well like what now and I tried to like talk to my coach about it and he convinced me to come back to try coming back and just take a red shirt year and like focus on getting better and I was like okay like I've kind of pushed over so I was like sure like if you think that's best and I didn't really feel like comfortable like standing up for myself and being like I'm not okay um which is like I've learned is a really hard thing to do and like like it's important though to like advocate for yourself and like be like I'm not okay like you need to like look into this but it's such a hard thing to do because doctors like oh wait like you're fine like just try this like try this like you'll be fine and just like you need to be like no like I'm not okay Mm -hmm. and it's really I gotta like smack into them sometimes which is like concerning that they're not more like pushing for you to get better and stuff but like I tried to be like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, what's, I don't know if I'm ever going to be play, able to play hockey again. Like, I didn't really know, like, how to, like, say that to him, but he was like, oh, no, like, you'll be fine. Like, come back, just redshirt for the year, focus on getting better, just take a few classes. But then, like, yeah, I came back, like, went back into school. My brain, like, hurt, like, my head hurts so bad every day. Um, I was like, I don't want to be in class. Like, I lived with three of my teammates who, like, were going to the rink every day. And I'm like, I don't have any friends other than my teammates. Um, like I have nothing to do and then I ended up having to like go to the rink every day and watch my team practice and like the only thing been practicing for three hours every day is having to watch your team practice for three hours every day and like luckily there's another girl that was hurt at the time so we just like sit in the stands like in our freaking like parkas and be like well this is fun like (laughs) this is great I don't know why I'm here and so yeah it was like a month of that um and just not being like I was like this isn't ideal like this isn't it like I can't I'm not gonna be able to get better here like I'm not like I'm in the middle of nowhere Missouri at a stupid like and I was like this isn't like I can't do this anymore um so I like I like like I think I like called my dad like crying being like I can't like I can't do this I can't do this like I and it was I like I remember telling my coach and he still was like trying to like push for me to stay and I'm like how do you not like understand and like so many people will just like see you as an athlete and not like as a human being And I'm like I'm trying to tell you like I, like this no part of this is okay like I've had a, a headache for eight months straight that's not just gonna get better in a week like obviously like it's gonna take a lot of time and something's probably pretty wrong if I'm still having symptoms like eight months later like that's not normal it's not normal um 
and even he was like well like just take some time to think about it like we really we really want to keep you here and I was like why like what like why would you want to keep me here if that's not like in my best interest and so yeah I called my dad crying again and I was like they didn't listen to me like I don't know what to do and then so he called him and was just like yeah like Morgan can't like this can't like this can't happen anymore like she needs to come home um so I finally came home which was really nice and kind of at that point I was like okay yeah like hockey is off the table like scholarship is off the table like that's it like by hockey by school um which is like it was a bit relieving almost um but also like obviously sucks like you know one wants their career to end that way and as much as like sometimes I did want to be hurt or like not play like obviously like it had been such a big part of my life um so it's definitely hard to like make the transition into like finding myself again um and like dealing with and still like trying to see people and deal with my concussion because yeah it's been now I guess almost almost four years and I've seen like basically every specialist there is to see like in Victoria um and like I'm still I've tried like four different medications for headaches nothing's really worked um and I'm still like have headaches every day now um which obviously like trying to go to school and trying to get on with your life that doesn't make things easier by any means um so that definitely like took a toll and like still affects me to this day of just being like nervous to do things um and obviously like it kind of like feeds off of depression feeds off of anxiety um but yeah I think I finally like after hockey like being removed out of my life definitely helped with my mental health a lot um it was definitely a really hard transition to make but then like kind of getting out of that mindset that you're just an athlete and that's all that matters and I'm like okay like I'm a human being and me just like being myself is good enough and I was just like whoa what a concept what a concept <laughs> that you just existing is good enough um and I was like oh shit <laughs> like whoa <laughs> this is crazy I don't have to do anything like I don't have to be like a really good athlete for people to like me like what um so just like removing myself from that like identity was really like I think powerful in itself um and then like around the same time that I stopped playing hockey I also started a job um working as a caregiver for a young man with disabilities um which was kind of like I'd never done anything like it um but I just like remember stumbling across the job posting and being like it sounds really cool like and I had zero training for it absolutely none whatsoever um but I just like emailed them and was like hey like I'd be interested in this like here's like a little bit about me like um here's why I'm interested and they're like yeah like sounds good come in like next week and we'll have like a little interview and I was like oh um so I was super nervous for it but it ended up being like honestly the job and the boy I work with his name's Wade like have changed my life um because he's the same age as me um and he has autism as well as this like rare developmental condition called Odo syndrome um and then also has brain damage from a big traumatic brain injury he had a few years ago um and I think like yeah coming out of hockey and starting to work with him and like spend time with him and be around him has been just so eye-opening and so like grounding and humbling at the same time that I'm like oh my gosh like I've spent 12 years of my life like so wrapped up in like this hockey world and athletes and not really caring about other people or like taking care of myself and just like that was I was so wrapped up in that and then like coming to working with him 
and hanging out with him and he's just like he's just happy to be here you know and he was he's so like easygoing and smiley um and makes jokes out of everything and I was just like oh my gosh and like he we like it's been yeah almost I guess a little over three years now um I've been working with him so like we obviously have a really good relationship now but it's just so it's like just the most authentic raw relationship I've ever had and like I think that's definitely like changed kind of like my outlook on life that I'm like okay just me being here as I am is enough and like that's the only requirement is just me physically showing up and like he like will make me laugh on my bad days and like vice versa um so I think that's been something that's really helped me and kind of gave me like a purpose outside of hockey um because yeah like I think like you've said in like previous podcast is just like the feeling of like helping someone else is just so oh it's so good and then like yeah a lot of people will be like oh like you're such a good person for working with him but I'm like honestly I think I get out of it more than like what he gets out of it um like he's single-handedly like changed the course of my life um and like now like I'm in the child and youth care program at UVic like I want to go into special ed um, or like disability studies or something like in that realm like just solely because of him um, it shaped like so much of who I am as a person and just like grounded me in so many ways that I'm like oh my gosh like all these things that like I thought mattered like don't like I'm alive and like that's good enough right now um, and like obviously like it's not that easy with just like the snap of the fingers and like mental health disorders will like obviously I still have like really bad days I still have super anxious days um and like I'm still working on like navigating that um I think obviously like triggers will make it worse and like this past like semester of school with me has been really difficult like especially with it all being like online and like I'll get like my headaches will get worse from like being on my laptop too long um and trying to like retain information and like learn that way it's been super super hard um and yeah I just like got sucked into like the online school world and just like not being able to go and do things that I enjoy doing like being outside and like being active or like hanging out with my friends or just like but obviously like and COVID as well I guess um has just like I guess made it so hard for everyone um then I also had like I had a relationship with this guy last year I guess it's like a year ago and we dated for probably like four ish months um and oh my goodness it was funny because like last year so like 2019 I decided to go to Scotland um to do a volunteer placement there and I was at um a school for kids with special needs basically but like well like the there's like different estates and like different age groups like the state that I was on was like 16 to 25 um year olds and it was like the best year of my life hands down it was amazing it was incredible to just be like in this it was like a just such like a surreal environment like we were living on a farm in Scotland <laughs> just like living our best lives and it was like really cool that they was like basically run off of volunteers it was me and like seven Germans mm -hmm. in my house um all like volunteering and then like the resident there was like live-in residents um that had additional support needs that would live like in the same house as us like we lived in a 16 bedroom house it was insane it was massive um and like we just lived there like with the residents and it was just so like incredible to see just like this like meshing of like worlds because I think like in our world as we know it there's like such like a 
difference and like such a, like a like a line drawn between like people that are able-bodied and people that aren't um and people that are neurotypical versus neurodiverse and like it was just so cool to come and just like see like everyone's equal like we're all here we all have a purpose we all have a part and we'd all just like eat dinner together and like cook together and clean together and go for walks and go see the sheep and the cows and like it was just so really really cool to like be a part of and like to experience like I had the best year of my life last year and I was like damn like I found finally found like my place in the world and like what I love doing like screw you hockey like you suck. <laughs> like this is where I'm meant to be like this is what I want to do um and then I kind of came back like was stoked to go back into school because I'd taken two years off of university um because my head like wasn't like better like at the point where I felt like I'd be able to do school so I was like hyped about coming back into school last year, like going into a program that I was passionate about. Um, and I met this guy <laughs> and like at first, like it was like amazing. I was like, you're the greatest guy I've ever met. Like, oh my gosh, he's so wonderful. Like um, he takes such good care of me. Like he's so good to me. And like, it was good for the first few weeks and then things started going downhill. Um, and like, I'd never experienced like a toxic or like unhealthy or like abusive relationship like at all like I had one like serious boyfriend I guess in high school um and he was an absolute sweetheart so like we like I've never experienced like someone like being crappy to me and like I don't know in my head I was like oh like if someone loves you like they're gonna be good to you like it is not like it was never in my realm of possibilities to like be with someone that was like abusive or like low-key terrible um and so he was really good for the first few weeks and I was like oh like this is awesome like I like I found a guy that like really aligns with me and like understands me and respects me and all this stuff and then it just like slowly started going downhill and like it was just like in such like a subtle way that he started to like use like my like my mental health went like wow like so bad so fast um, and like, I started getting anxious again. Like I stopped eating basically. Cause I was so like anxious. Um, and when I get really anxious, it's really hard for me to eat. So like, especially in the mornings, I won't get hungry until like 5 PM. And like, I was losing motivation for school. Like I didn't want to go to work. Like I wasn't hanging out with any of my friends or like my family really. I was just like spending all this time with him. And he like made me think that like I needed him and that he was like this, like holy being that like knew everything about life and he was two years older than me and he was just like kind of had this attitude of like oh yeah like I'm sick like I know everything and he was like undermined all of my experiences which is like yeah like you haven't really done anything with your life and like was trying to give like buddy's a bartender at age 25 like he hasn't done anything with his life like he should not be giving me advice um but he basically like obviously like I opened up to him super quick about like everything like I'd been through and just like that I was still like, kind of struggling with my head and like some other like little things like I have had like a few experiences with like sexual assault that I haven't really opened up to a lot of people about other than like very close friends like I opened up to him about it and he was like really good at first and then he just started to like use like all these little things like against me and then obviously it just like made it worse um and so he just like slowly just like started like making fun of like things that I liked and making fun of things that I did and just like would turn if I ever like was having like a bad day and like he'd be sh crappy to me and then like get mad at me for being upset about it you know and then so I in my head like I thought I was like oh like it's my fault like it's my fault like it's my fault that I have depression it's my fault like I have anxiety like it's my fault like I'm just having a bad day and like he just made me think it was all 
my fault. Um, and so I got into such like a bad like headspace. Like I was so anxious, so depressed, like so nervous to just like be around him because I didn't know if he was going to be like in a really good mood or if he was going to be like in a bad mood and like snap on me. Um, and it just became like this, it was so like unhealthy and I ended up, um, but like, yeah, he'd be like really crappy to me, but like in very subtle ways. And then like the next day would bring me flowers. Like the next day I'd be like, I love you so much. Like I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Mm-hmm. And like, it just, it messes with your head so much. And I like, I thought like, I was just like holding on to this idea of him, like that I thought he was. And I was like, oh, he's just like going through a rough patch. Like he'll get back to being like this wonderful dude again. Um, obviously that didn't happen. Um, but like we ended up, he like at um, reading break last year, he ended up like taking me home to like meet his family, like in Alberta and stuff. And like, I ended up breaking my wrist when we were there um, and I ended up having to have surgery and just like seeing how horrible he was, like trying to take care of someone else and like trying to like put someone else in front of him. Like it was horrendous. It was so bad. Like, um, and like my mental health was so, so bad, but like, I like was so like dependent on him in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so unhealthy and like, I didn't really like see it. Like I still kind of thought it was all like my fault and he made me feel like it was all my fault. Um, And then, yeah, kind of like I had surgery. He, I like said to him, I was like, yeah, like I'm not doing well. Like, I feel like I'm only like 50 at like 50% of like my mental health right now. And I was still like confused as to like why my mental health had like tanked and why I felt so horrible all the time. and like, I thought it was a me problem. I thought it was like something of me doing things wrong. Um, and yeah, things are kind of gradually like getting worse, but then he'd be good to me. And it was just like this roller coaster of just like an absolute mess. But then obviously like he was really good to me in front of my family and really good to me in front of my friends. So they're all like, oh, like you guys are going to be fine. Like he loves you so much and blah, blah, blah. And then one day, like I had like a bad feeling in my gut for a few days. And then one day, yeah, he came over, like ended things with me kind of like out of nowhere after like telling me he loved me and wanted to spend the rest of my life, his life with me like two days prior. Um, basically like ended things with me, but put it in a way like, he, I didn't really know if like we were going on a break or like if we were breaking up or like what was happening. And then he ghosts me for like a week um and then makes me feel like it's my fault and he just like can't be in a relationship right now and like all that <laughs> crap and then starts dating his co-worker literally two weeks later um so that and then COVID oh yeah COVID happened literally like five days after we broke up um so yeah like that was oh my goodness that was that's probably been like it's been definitely like the hardest year of my life just because like my mental health had never been worse like because of him and I think just like the oh just like the effects of having someone like gaslight you like crazy um and like just it's crazy that you can like have no idea that someone's doing that to you until like you get out of it and I started seeing like a counselor finally this year like after all that happened because I was so just like not like I was not myself I didn't I looked I remember also like you saying like you looked yourself in the mirror and just like didn't recognize who that was and like I've always been known to be um like the funny one and like outgoing and chatty and just like always like easygoing and all that and I was just like I don't like recognize myself I was just like and like I hadn't been eating because I was so anxious and I was just like sickly looking and I was just like like this isn't like that's not me and like just having like come off of such a good year like the um year prior 
and being like so happy, so fulfilled. Um, I was just like, what, like what? Um, and so like I started seeing a counselor um, and, but yeah, it was hard. It was hard because of like COVID happening. Like I couldn't really see that many of my friends. Um, and yeah, he, my ex fell off the face of the earth, like heavens, like he blocked me on everything or like I blocked him on everything. Cause like, just no, he's a terrible human being. Um, and yeah, it's been like a long process of like, and like still like to this day, um, I, it's been like, I was like nine months and I'm still working on just like building myself back up. Um, I'm like trying to figure out or like trying to like be okay with like myself as I am. Cause I think for so long, like I felt bad and I felt like it was all my fault. And I felt like I wasn't good enough. And just like this narrative of like, I need to be better. Like he like left me, like I must suck and like all that. Um, so yeah, like the depression and anxiety definitely came back a lot like this past year, but obviously like going to a counselor helps a lot and like having good friends um, to, that'll just like listen to you um, and that like you trust is so important. Um, but yeah, and I think also like this past school semester, like I like barely, <laughs> I like barely got some of my paper, final papers done, like barely because my motivation was just not there. And I had like a few friends being like, come on, Morgan, like you're smart, like you can do this. Um, and just people being like, yeah, like everyone's struggling right now. But like, honestly, like I think a big takeaway, like especially after this semester for me has been like sometimes, like first of all, school is not the end all be all, you know, like you can do it at your own pace. You can do it at your own time. And that like, sometimes like taking care of yourself is like the most, or like, I mean, all the time, like there's especially certain times you're like yeah I could work on this paper tonight and get it done on time or I could actually take care of myself and like engage in stuff that's gonna help me feel better in the long run and like deal with the consequences of like yeah my paper is a day late I'm gonna get five percent less like that means nothing you know like in the long run of things and just like picking and choosing where you put your time and like energy into and like understanding that you need to put yourself first sometimes and like stuff it's kind of like super like liberating, I guess, to come to the realization that you have control over like a lot of, and like, it's really hard to do. It's been really hard for me to do to like set boundaries and like stick up for myself. But once you start like being able to do that and be like, oh, like these three friends make me feel really good about myself. And like, I like being around them. And like, they make me feel like, uh, like, like I'm loved and I'm accepted and appreciated. And like, these friends kind of make me feel like crap and being like, okay, well then like, I'm gonna, spend my time with these friends and not these ones um and like picking and choosing like where you put your energy um and just like surrounding yourself with like a good environment and good people um I think just like understanding that everyone works at different paces and that yeah like so like next semester I took four classes this past semester like it did not go well it was it sucked um and I'm like okay like I'm not doing well like I could see my mental health kind of starting to like shake and stuff with like getting sucked into my laptop for eight hours like trying to write this paper I'm like so next semester I'm only taking one class so that's very exciting um and just yeah that I've learned kind of to take to give myself space where I need it um I think and just yeah like being it helps to like share with other people like even though it's super super terrifying I think just like starting small or like starting with just like journaling 
and like so you don't have to like tell anyone um and then yeah kind of once you open that gate of like starting to tell people like I felt a lot better and especially like going through like an abusive relationship like once I started to like tell people like little stories and like little things that he did they're like oh my god that's so horrible Morgan and I'm like oh like I didn't really realize like how bad that was until like I said it out loud um and yeah I think I think that's <laughs> all on that well, Sorry, that was a lot. Wow. I don't, I don't think I've ever talked for that long. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's awesome. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know this, but I relate to so much of what you said. And um, I think you almost, you just brought me into a few states of reflection where I really just kind of sat back and thought about everything. And especially, like, obviously, the moments within hockey and one of the biggest things in that though is how hockey is such a business and you have your coaches who will constantly ask you, Oh, like, are you going to be good to go by tomorrow night? Or are you going to be good to go yeah. by next week? Like, come on, we need you back. Like what, what can you do better? And sometimes it's literally, you can't do anything, especially like in your situation. And I've been there with concussions and I think with coaches and just even like parents especially too like nobody really understands the whole factor of the concussion basis unless you're kind of in it and it does get really frustrating dealing with doctors or trainers and then all the outsiders as well because you know how you feel and sometimes it's not even a factor of having all these crazy symptoms it's just the fact of not feeling like yourself and yeah. for me, that was always the biggest thing is when I would kind of walk around and I'd be, I just felt so out of body. And even to this day, there's still days where I'm like, okay, I just don't feel normal. I don't know what I need. I need to, I need to either need a coffee, sleep, all the above. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I need to like feel normal for at least a little bit. And that's just kind of like the harsh reality of it is when you have concussions or even the aftermath of having concussions, sometimes you can, you can feel these symptoms for I maybe forever. I don't, I don't really yeah. know. And that's like, it sucks, but that's like the truth. And that's why I almost even love watching um, that movie concussion is because oh, yeah, yeah. you see, like you see that a lot. And I personally have seen so many people with concussions and they'll continue to play or they'll convince their doctors that they're fine to play. They'll lie about how many concussions they've had mm -hmm. it, and it happens a lot. And I mean, I've done the same. I think I've lied about some of my symptoms so that I can mm -hmm. continue to play, but it's not beneficial. And the factor of it is like what you said is once you finished hockey, it was almost like this big relief and taking yeah. this all the stuff off your shoulders and actually being able to find who you are and experience a different part of life and a, a far more interesting part of life, if you will. And I know yeah. like you, how I relate to your story again is because when I quit hockey, the second or the first thing that I did was when traveling and <laughs> you see, you just see a different, like a totally different part of the world. And you realize that hockey obviously is not everything but you actually see what you can fill that 
basically all the time that hockey took up well you can fill that with in a totally different way and mm -hmm. for me that was traveling and seeing different parts of the world experiencing new things and obviously for the same like you the exact same same thing but you're doing something even like way cooler and something <laughs> that is amazing and I just want to know did you have any training or or experience in that field before you actually started helping Wade um no <laughs> like absolutely no. none um which was like kind of cool like to note I guess so like they like the family um Wade's parents they have Wade um he's adopted and they also adopted um another child who's a year older than Wade um who has fetal alcohol syndrome um so like they've dealt with hiring caregivers for the last 20 years like for both of them mm -hmm. um so like they've seen a lot of people they've seen a lot of applications um and kind of like I found the ad on like Craigslist or something, which like seemed sketchy the moment my parents were like, ah, don't get murdered. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they like said that like their experience with it, like obviously every situation is different, um, but in their experience, like hiring people that don't really like have experience in the field, but like are a good person with like good values and like can be um just like get along well with Wade and like have a good relationship with Wade that kind of trumps like everything they're like okay like if you want to be here you want to hang out with Wade you guys like each other like we can work with that like that's the most like important piece is um just having like a good personal connection with Wade and then the rest like kind of will come and like obviously you need to have like I've realized now it's important to have like a bit of like background knowledge about just like autism and communication and like what like because obviously like everyone is different but there are like certain key factors of like autism that are going to present that are important to note that like okay yeah if we're in a really loud busy place and he's starting to get a little bit stressed out like it's probably because it's like overstimulation mm -hmm. um and just like knowing just like little things of like what's going to work for communication and what's going to not like it's been super helpful and but, like yeah when I first started like I had no experience whatsoever but like they said that like in the job listing they're like yeah like you don't really need to have experience like we'll train you to do everything like you need to know how to do um so yeah it was definitely like a little bit terrifying at the beginning and I, like I was very quiet and like I was 18 at the time I was like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> um I was a little bit crazy but yeah it was cool just to like hang out with Wade and just to be like okay like you're 18 I'm 18 like that's cool like here's like some music I like listening to do like I like to go for walks like here and like just a thing to have like that sense of normalcy in his life especially for someone that has like is surrounded by caregivers like almost 24 7 like what we're there for, like he lives at home so with his parents um but like there's six of us right now I think caregivers and like we're there from eight o'clock in the morning till 8 p.m at night like all his waking hours are like, spent with us and with with us around and, like at the time he had like two caregivers that were a bit older maybe like 10 years ish older than him um and I was just like okay like this kid probably needs just like someone his own age like to relate to and just to like hang out and I think when you have disabilities, people just like assume that like you're younger or just like assume that you just need help. But I think they can often like neglect that like in a lot of ways, he's just a normal 22 year old dude that just like wants to hang out and like stay in bed and like watch a movie or that just like 
wants to goof around and like do this or like wants to like listen to music or just like go and hang out and chat with his friends and grab a coffee you know like and so I think that was probably like the biggest part of it is like more just like getting along with him and like being able to like see him as just like a person and not like his diagnosis or not out as how he like presents on the exterior so like that's yeah that's what they found is that like sometimes if they hired like people that have had like a lot of care experience because I know like a lot of like care homes and stuff like you'll have like kind of a crazy schedule probably like 10 to 20 different like clients or like residents that you work with and it's kind of just like you go in you do your job head down like figure stuff out like obviously you probably have like some relationships but what they found was like that they like people that had a lot of care experience were like a lot less personable and like we're kind of just there to like do the work because like yeah Wade's in a wheelchair so needs a lot of like physical assistance and like yeah you can go and just like put your head down and like do the job and like kind of interact with him but like it would be probably easy to go in and not really like talk and just be like okay like we're gonna do a transfer now like we're gonna do this now we're gonna brush your teeth now and like not really engage with him but I think yeah like the most important part that they found is like actually like engaging with him to really like raise his quality of life yeah that's that's so cool I mean I've always been intrigued in it I don't think I could personally do it I mean I don't know like it's it's one of those things where I think you kind of gotta like try it out and see if you like it or not um, yeah it's like a trial and error sort of thing but I think it would be super cool and again it's just going back is that satisfaction and that almost like that feeling of warmth that you get from helping yeah. someone else is like far none the best feeling that there is in the world and whether it's doing like sharing people's mental health stories or it's being relatable to someone and actually connecting with somebody that others may not even give the light of day like I think mm -hmm. that is I think it's just I think it's amazing and what you're doing is amazing and you coming on the podcast is amazing <laughs> and sharing your story and being vulnerable and open and just like everything that you possess is like just awesome. And I know like a lot of people are going to be jealous of the person that you are and the things that you've done and things you continue to do. And yeah, like you being on the podcast has been unbelievable, but just a couple of things before we kind of wrap it up and what would be kind of like your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's struggling with mental health? Um, I guess just to know that, um, you're not alone in it. Um, but I guess that's kind of two-sided, um, that like, that it is normal for people to feel that way and you don't need to have necessarily anything go terribly wrong in your life. And I know, cause like, there's kind of this common, like, stigma that like oh you have everything like you have money you have friends you have family you should be happy but like that's not the way it works and sometimes just like your brain like is a mental health disorder like it's an illness like your brain's just not firing how it should be and so like you're telling yourself all these negative things so I guess like to know that it's like you're not the only one struggling and you're not alone in it but then also to know that like your feelings are valid um and it's not stupid it's completely valid like what you're feeling is real um 
and just to know that you matter and whether you're feeling your absolute best or you're feeling your absolute worst like you have a place in this world you matter you're important um and that like you're worthy no matter what you do or how you feel mm -hmm. that's awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah that's amazing um and did you do you ever have like i know a lot of hockey players seem to have this but did you ever have some form of like a quote or even just like a saying that would kind of keep you keep you level-headed or sane and keep kind of keep your mental health struggles um somewhat like across the board in a level setting rather than being like up and down freaking out going crazy yeah I don't I think like I don't when I was still playing hockey like I think to some extent I knew that like I wasn't okay but like I think when I was playing like I didn't really have like I wasn't really able to like I didn't really have any like comforting self motivating things like I think I can't I definitely like came at it with like a negative mindset and like you need to play well or like everyone's gonna hate you and the world's gonna end um like it was very very deficit based um for me it was like it wasn't like oh like I want to play well like everything's gonna be okay and I was like no like screw that you're not gonna be okay like if you if you screw up like it's gonna be bad like you can't screw up um which is a really really terrible way to approach things um so like, I guess, yeah, like since then I've become like a lot more strength based um, and just like, yeah, like um, I guess now and kind of like in the past year, I'm like everything might not be okay right now, but I know one day it will be. Um, I'm just like having patience with myself um, and just knowing that I don't need to get a million things done in a day um, for it to still be like a good day. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think yeah I feel like I say in my head a lot I'm like you're gonna be okay like everything's gonna be okay like you can get through this like you're gonna be okay like you're strong and I think it's yeah just helpful to like look back and be like okay yeah like that sucked and I overcame that like I can do this and like I've lived every day up until now like I've made it this far like I can keep going um yeah sorry I don't really have like one <laughs> No, okay. one all-encompassing quote but I guess just yeah like I guess I tell myself a lot like you might not be 100% today but like it's okay like things are gonna like things will get better mm -hmm. um because like I can look back and see like yeah like last year I had such an amazing time I'm like okay like I can get to that again um and yeah that just like know that it's natural to like, have ups and downs um and then I think yeah like as you go on you kind of learn like what works for you um, and things that are gonna kind of help you like pull you out of that down or like help when things like when you do have like really bad days that you can like start to find like little things and like just be nice to yourself and be like yeah today I just like need to watch Netflix like that's and don't let anyone tell you otherwise because I know like I have friends like oh you're being so lazy and I'm like no I'm not <laughs> not I need this okay I need this maybe if you watched Netflix a little bit more often and slept in until one o'clock you wouldn't be so uptight yeah <laughs> no and that like honestly I relate to that so much because for myself I noticed when I found myself and like I felt it I was like wow like this is the coolest feeling in the world and yeah. then I started to feel myself slip back and then I was like constant it's the constant chase to feel like I'm 
like I'm myself and get back to that feeling, get back to that feeling. And then, um, and then you start like, once I couldn't necessarily get back there, I was always, I was always like, Hey, what can I do? And then I'd do the same thing. I'd say, it's okay. Like you're going to get there. There's things that you have to overcome or deal with before you can actually get there and feel confident in who you are and feel like it's all okay. And sometimes it's going to be very hard and sometimes it'll be a little bit easier, but Mm -hmm. for me, I just, that's definitely something that I always try to remind myself as well is that like, it's okay. And it's going to be okay. Like it might suck right now, but it like, it will be okay. And I know for me, I'm just like, I'm at such a odd stage in my life where I'm trying to like really figure my stuff out and yeah, just basically not settle for anything. And because like, I know a lot of people in my life that just settle because they're like, yeah. Oh yeah, like this is what my parents did or this is what my friend's doing. So like, I'm just going to settle with this and I'm just going to yeah. stick it out, see what I'm doing. And like, that's totally not me. Like I love just being so off the grid, off the map to the point where other people are looking at my life and being like, whoa, like that's like, that's pretty cool. And it's, and it's not even the factor of me trying to build this crazy resume. It's more so because I'm chasing myself and I'm like trying to figure out what I actually like and where I want to mm-hmm. end up and what I want to do for the long haul or where I want to go. And honestly, if I didn't have kind of those ambitions, I don't think I'd be doing this platform and I don't think I'd be having this conversation with you. And that's the part where it allows me to, to reground myself and realize that it's okay. And things are going to be good because us doing this right now is going to help someone. And yeah, I mean, it already has helped me. And just knowing that there's somebody that you can relate to and somebody that you can talk to and like, honestly, on a regular basis, I could easily text you and say, Hey, my concussion symptoms are back. Do you have any advice? And like, yeah, <laughs> and then you could give me some advice. Like there's so many, so many different things and so many things that you can take out of all of this. And I mean, like life is super short, so might as well make the most of it now and, and do something, do something cool with it. And just just live and I don't know I'm just gonna start <laughs> rambling on and on and making no sense but uh, no it's okay <laughs> yeah. but where where could somebody reach you if they want to reach out and either show you support or just talk to you about your story um probably like Instagram is the easiest mm-hmm. I guess um and then like from there like I don't know I hate Instagram DMs like but like from there we can yeah start texting I guess or like I don't, I don't know we can, give out my phone number I guess whatever works <laughs> whatever yeah. works I don't know I'm not I'm not picky about it but yeah I think yeah if people like listen to this um yeah I'm always more than happy to have these conversations and these discussions like deep chats are my favorite <laughs> I'm like yeah let's let's talk about it like I was so depressed last last week let's talk about it like I think it's so like that's one of like the most wonderful things in life is like having like deep conversations and I think like it's just yeah one of my biggest pet peeves is like keeping it surface level level and being like 
how are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Cool. What have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, I'm just like doing school about you. Yeah, same. Just like busy with work and school. Yeah, okay. Like, bye. Like, oh, I hate it. Um, it's so, yeah. And I think like the point of life is like to connect with other people. And like the most wonderful thing in the world is like connecting with someone like on a deeper level and being able to like bear your whole self and be like yeah like this is how I feel like this is um how I felt last week like this is what's going on for me this is what like my brain's telling me and like having those like relationships and having those conversations is so like healthy and so I don't know just fulfilling I guess in a sense so yeah I'm always open to have deep conversations and like to listen to people because I know like sometimes it's like hard to talk to people um because I know like a like it, it can feel really guilty to talk about yourself and to be like yeah I'm just gonna ramble on for an hour about like all my problems um even now I'm just like oh my gosh I would just went on for an hour about that um but I think just like yeah knowing that if anyone wants to like they can have the space I will listen um it's just nice to have someone just like to get things off your chest too and not have them try and fix you and like give you advice and be like oh like have you tried this you should do this and just like it's important to just have conversations and give someone the space to just talk because I think that like in itself is so therapeutic to just have like the space to talk about it and to like work through it and not even have anyone like give you advice or give you pointers like say certain things and then just be like okay like I hear you like I'm listening, like, I'm sorry you went through that. That sounds really hard. Like, tell me more about it. And just like to give them the space is so important. So yeah, to wrap that up, <laughs> I'm always down to listen and to like have conversations like, or if wanted, if they want maybe some advice, I don't know how good it is. They're just like tips and tricks of what things I've done or like been through. Um, but yeah, and that's, I think another part like that's so cool about your podcast is that you're giving people this space to come and just like be and to like share their story, um, which I think is really like, it's so important when you're like working through things and like, as you're going like on your healing journey to just like come and have space and not be interrupted and you can just ramble for an hour. Cause I know even sometimes, like if I'm talking to my counselor, like my therapist, like I feel bad sometimes for like talking so much about it. And like with my friends, obviously, like I feel bad. And like there's like this guilt that exists like in society for talking about yourself and like you feel bad about it. And so, yeah, I think it's just like really important to have just that space to be. And yeah, so thank you <laughs> again for doing this podcast. Cause like, I think, yeah, like we're helping probably so many people that are listening, but also like the people that come on the podcast, like it's so nice. Like I was looking forward to having this conversation cause I'm like, I've never really like worked through it, like start to end. And so like for me, I know it's been like really, therapeutic to go through and be like okay like this happened and this happened just like get it off my chest and be like okay like yeah all that happened but like I'm sitting here today I'm doing okay like I made it <laughs> um so yeah <laughs> oh exactly and that's that's literally the point is that like for me one of the most beneficial things was actually going from start to finish because then you almost like when you are telling someone your own story you start picking out the points and you start seeing all the flags and it's, you go like, whoa, I didn't realize how that actually affected me. And then you yeah. start thinking about the ways that you acted and then it's like, oh, I could have done that differently. And then, so you're like, you're learning from your own story when you tell it. And then obviously when you listen to other people's stories, you're learning from theirs and you mm -hmm. learn like what you 
what you want to do better and what you don't want to do. Like you just, you learn so much about yourself. And like you said, this, this is a platform where, and I mean, that's kind of how I wanted to create it was where it is this open platform where you literally come on and share the most vulnerable part about yourself. And mm-hmm. that's why I build such strong connections with the people that come on the podcast is because in an hour, an hour and a half, I learn the most vulnerable point <laughs> about someone's life. And I'm yeah. <laughs> like, what makes me blessed enough to have to Like, it makes no sense. But I mean, I'm happy to be here and I'm, I'm always thrilled to make new connections. And even then it, that's shaped my, like my everyday communication and mm-hmm. how I approach new people in life and the conversations that I kind of have with them. Like, I'm not going to walk up to someone and be like, hi, how's it going? Like, <laughs> I, I want, I want to actually dig deep and learn something about them because yeah. one, like, obviously, yes, you'll learn something about them, but two, they'll remember you and they'll remember that conversation that you had and mm-hmm. it might resonate with them for years and years or mm-hmm. I build like it might be the start of an amazing friendship who like who knows and that's yeah I think just transferring our our topics of conversation and how we actually approach conversations mm-hmm. and just the whole dialogue of conversations I think it it all kind of needs to change a little bit and we need to we need to be more open and vulnerable and have conversations like this just out in the open like because it doesn't yeah. matter it's it's who you yeah. are and that like yeah we'll embrace it but yeah, yeah now sure. again we could go on and on I'm sure <laughs> it'll look seven hour podcast let's go yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly but no honestly like thank you so much for coming on the podcast and we will 100% keep in contact and we will I'm sure have a lot of good conversations in the near and distant future. But for now, I just want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Okay, well, I will, I'm sure we'll talk soon. And uh, yeah, thank you once again. <laughs> no problem, thank you. Okay, Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Morgan's story and I encourage you to reach out to her and have some vulnerable conversations with her. If you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. I hope everyone enjoyed Morgan's story, and I encourage you to follow all the platforms, share them with your friends and family, because the more people that it reaches means the more potential that it has to help others. Thank you once again for listening, and just remember that everyone has a story. Uno, dos,